have a very good day yesterday at uh, Kim and Morgan's wedding. And uh, I'm actually glad it came inside because I was afraid the chairs would tip over in the wet grass. And if anybody wears heels when you walk in wet grass, you know you're sinking in it. And it's just so it, when it came inside, which was, it was nice. It was really, really a great, great day. So um, they're off. Well, today I think they still have a house full of people opening gifts and stuff. But then they're going to leave and they're going on a Mexican cruise. They're going to go to Cabo San Lucas and Puerto Vallarta. So that will be nice. They don't come back till like after September 5th. So they got a long time off, which is super nice. Super nice. I don't know why there's so much stuff up here. Um, so they had a really great wedding, but I did almost ruin it. <laughs> I swore somebody to secrecy yesterday about this story, but then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to out myself because I really almost ruined Kim and Morgan's wedding. Uh, we were here getting ready for the wedding. I was... Um, I brought an iron from home, which I had to really dust off the iron to bring it from my house. And um, we had bought some tablecloths to put this little these bistro cafe tables out in the hallway. And I, we opened up the package and put them on there. And I thought, well, we probably should iron those. So we got an iron. So I picked up one of the red carpet. You guys, I'm going to tell you this, whatever. This is what I did. I picked up this red carpet, you know, that you stand on, like when you're checking in your kids for preschool, and I put it up on the counter, and that was going to be my ironing board. So then I put the tablecloth on the carpet, and I'm ironing all these. It was perfect. It worked really well. Just the back side of the tablecloth, relax. It was fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. And so then Morgan comes by, and he goes, oh, will you iron my shirt? And I said, yeah, of course I will. I'm here to serve whatever I can do. I think the last time I ironed a shirt it had to be, I don't know, Scott, 20 years? 1987. <laughs> it's on the calendar. There's a big plaque. Sharon ironed. <laughs> So I'm ironing it, and I'm like, well, you know what? He's going to tuck it in, so I don't need to do the bottom. So I'll just, you know, do the pocket, do the front, so that if he, you know, opens up the vest or whatever, that looks nice. And then I'm like, oh, I could do the crease on the arm. And so I did that, and I did that. And I couldn't remember if you ironed this up here to make a crease on the shoulder or not. I thought, well, I'll just do it. So, and all of a sudden, I picked the shirt up. And across the top of his shoulder is a line about this long that is like dark brick red. The color of the carpet. <laughs> what I had done is I went off the shirt, heated up the carpet, and brought it back onto the shirt. <laughs> and I panicked. I literally panicked. I, I, I do panic sometimes. So I panicked. And Christy... Christy Gerke, who works here, she's our bookkeeper, and, and she also is now um, taking over handling wedding and funeral coordination, was standing there, and I'm like, Christy, oh my gosh, look what I, I ruined his shirt, I ruined his shirt, I'm like full on panic mode, and she, this is Christy, oh, okay, I have something right here that will take care of that, and she goes to her little box, and she's getting something out, and I'm like, you are so the person for this job, because I am, like, panicking. I have just ruined the groom's shirt. So I, for some reason, I just wanted to see what it was on there, and I was able to kind of start scraping 
the red off the shirt, and I was able to scrape it off enough. I don't know what it was, if it was a polyester rug that melted and kind of got on the shirt, and then it, when it cooled, I could scrape it off. And then she had one of those little um, wipes, so then she wiped it, and I'm like, okay, nobody needs to know. <laughs> nobody needs to know. And then one of the bridesmaids' boyfriends was there. I said, vault. You are a vault. Do not tell anybody. Don't tell, Drew, if you tell anybody, I will never trust you again. You know, I'm like shaming him and guilting him. And then, so then I'm like, okay, now, and then someone said, no, there's not supposed to be a crease there. I was like, oh, we better get the crease out. So I lay the shirt down, and I put the iron that had the red on it back on the shirt. (laughs) And now we knew, okay, just let it cool. You can scrape it off. Morgan still doesn't know. I never told him. So he can't know until after September 5th when he comes back. So um, that was a very brilliant day, and I'm so grateful for community and grateful for Christy who rescued me and kept me calm uh, because, you know, I don't know. I was, I thought, I have absolutely ruined his shirt. I, in my mind, it went so fast, I thought, I'm going to Kohl's. I'm going to have to go buy him a new shirt. What size is this shirt? I have to go get him a new shirt. But we were able to get the stain out of it, so that was my day yesterday. There wasn't a lot of wisdom (laughs) happening. There wasn't a lot of wisdom happening because I was definitely lacking experience. Today we're going to talk about what it's like to walk with wisdom. We talk a little bit about what wisdom is. But when I started to study wisdom, I thought there's no way we are going to talk about all that wisdom is in 20 minutes. And it's just not going to happen. But we're going to learn about, when you, we're going to be in Psalm 111. And when we get to the end of Psalm 111, the pivotal verse there will be um, the, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we're going to talk about that when we get further into it. But first, I'd like to wrestle with just a few things with you guys. And the question is, what is wisdom? Scott and I have had a lot of discussions about this over the last few weeks. What is it? Is it a person? Proverbs personifies wisdom, gives it the gender of female. Is it a commodity that you acquire, that you get? Is it something that just happens upon you, like putting coins in a slot machine, and then all of a sudden you just are like, oh, look at all this wisdom I have. What is it? What does it look like? Is it knowing all things? Is it obeying all things? Do we have to earn it? Do I have to give something up to get wisdom? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not knowledge. An experience doesn't automatically make you wise. How many of you guys work with somebody that's been doing something for 20, 30, 40 years? Let's just be honest. Sometimes you go, you still don't have, you don't have wisdom. (laughs) You might know how to do something really well. You might have a skill. But that doesn't equate having wisdom, does it? But you know it when you see it. There's something about wisdom that it has this supernatural spiritual component that when it walks into a room, you can see it. When Mark Spencer meets with Brendan and I, we know we're sitting with wisdom most of the time. <laughs> There's people like that. When you, when you see them, you know it's wisdom. 
when they say something and it's a, and it's and it settles and it's right, you know it's wisdom. So, what we were thinking about is, you know what? We know what it's not, but we can't spend all day today defining it. And here's why we're not going to do it that way. is because in this series of the Psalms, we've been talking about posture. We've been talking about the posture of the psalmist. So the posture, what is the posture then of walking with wisdom is what we want to focus on today. How do we position ourselves with it? And you do have to know a little bit about it. But when we get to the end of the psalm, we're going to see a little bit more about what wisdom is and what it looks like to walk with it. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we do is that we go through the psalm a little bit first. We outline it for you. And then we're going to do an illustration. So I had this big... Sometimes I get these visions of how... Not like, you know, God cloud in the cloud visions, but I just have ideas. But they seem so real to me, and I can picture how it will work. It's like I can see what it's going to look like. And then I try and manufacture that in real life. Well, we're going to experiment with that today and see if the vision will really come to be and really look well. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 111. And what I want us to notice before we go any further is the cadence of this psalm. Verses 1 through 9 are all praise. Do you remember when Brendan spoke on praise? He says praise is is at the core of who we are as Christians, and it's at the core of what we need to draw near to God. So verses 1 through 9 are all about praise. And then you get to verse 10. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. It isn't a fear of being struck by lightning. Yesterday at the wedding, I was talking to one of the groomsmen. His name's Matt. And he was flying in from San Diego. And as he was coming into Minneapolis, he had to actually fly through a thunderstorm. And so... He said it was night, and he, oh, he had his shade open on the window seat, and he was looking out, and he was watching the lightning. And he's like, this is the coolest thing ever. This is amazing. God, you created this. How powerful is this storm? You, he could feel the power of it. And then he would waffle, and he'd go, I could be, I could be gone in like five minutes. Because it's so powerful. And he understood the relationship of him and God and God's majesty and God's power and God's hugeness in that moment. And he said it had both elements. It had awe and, and reverence and amazement at how... It's hard to find words, you guys, of how big and, and magnificent God is and how powerful God is to... Boy, am I small. I am a small, small piece of God's world. And in that posture, what he was realizing and what Matt was, was figuring out is his position and his posture in relationship with a big God. And it was really kind of a cool story. He told me that just yesterday. I'm like, can I share that tomorrow? He goes, yeah, sure. Fear of the Lord is a deep, abiding holy reverence and respect for the Lord. Commentator Barnes writes, the highest wisdom, the loftiest birthright of man is that he may know and honor God. 
That is the definition of wisdom I want to work from today. If we know and we honor God and we're walking with him and we're drawing close to him, then the wisdom is with us because God is wisdom. If he is what is forefront in our lives, then he's the one who's leading. And then our decisions, our thoughts, and our things become in alignment with him, become properly, properly postured with him, that is wisdom. So in our lives, sometimes, though, it looks a little more like this. Who's leading? Who's leading? Who wants to lead? We know there's probably several in there that want to lead. But in our lives, when they get chaotic especially, we have a lot of things vying for attention. We have a lot of things vying for the lead. We have a lot of things that are saying, I'm in charge. And so this is where we get to my illustration to show how this works in our lives with wisdom. So I need nine volunteers. Can I have nine volunteers? Moline's, Nick and Ginger, can I just pull, call you out? Can I call you out? Bruce, come on up. Al, who else? Who wants to come and volunteer for me? Okay, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Come on, three more. Three more. Thank you, Trisha. Matt. Heidi, are you coming? Oh, Marie, I got Marie. Okay, so I have an instruction for you. You're each going to grab a loop on this side of the rope. Not yet. And your job is to make sure that there's always tension between me and your loop. The only way that you can keep that tension is by moving away. Okay? A couple you can go down that row, a couple down this row, a couple that way, a couple upstage. Okay? Now before we do that, you guys, what are the things in your life that are vying to lead? That are taking you out of that proper posture with God so that you're out of the proper alignment to walk with wisdom? Is it complacency? These are random, by the way. Is it self-pity? <laughs> Is it woundedness? Sometimes shame gets in our way. We don't think we're worthy. Maybe the language is, I, I've done too much and it's unredeemable. Maybe the language is, I am unredeemable. Is it pride? I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need God. Is it fear? What will people think? I can't do this. Like Moses said, I stutter. Is it gossip? Are you letting the enemy get in and, and get to a place where you talk ill of people? Say things you shouldn't say. Is it lust? Are you after things that aren't from God? Are you after things that you want all of? Food, TV, anything. It's, it doesn't always have to be sexual. It's just, it's just you want it and you want it now. You get that one. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, so if each person will grab one handle here off this end. This is where we're going, people. Let's see if this will work. Okay. Yep, you got them. You got them. It's okay if you guys are a little tangled. You just have to be able to walk. Do you feel like that picture a little bit? Okay, let me let me come over here and get in the front. Okay, are we good? Okay. Okay, who's leading? Al, are you leading? Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. I guess I need one more hand. Scott, come here. <laughs> you are on the short leash. Okay, this might not work. Okay, you hold this right here and don't let them go. So what happens then when we look at Psalm 111? We're going to see a visual of what this psalmist is modeling for us. If this works, we're going to see it. We're going to see a visual of what this psalmist models for us. And it starts with verse 1. Let me see. I have to figure out which one this one is. I have to find God. Just a minute. Which one's God? Here, right here. Okay. Yep. I got her. Psalm, verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright. And then we give these guys. Okay, now remember. Okay, you can let go. I got it. Okay, so I'm going to let this go. Now you make sure you stay tight. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Verse 2. Greater the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Don't pull me over. <laughs> no, you, you don't have to have that much tension, you guys. <laughs> Full of... Sp- Verse 3. Listen to what the psalmist is doing. Full of splendor and majesty in his work, and his righteousness endures forever. So what's happening to the things that want to rule in our lives? What's happening? They're moving away. What's coming closer? Verse 5. Full of splendor and majesty in his work, and his righteousness endures forever. God, you are so good. We praise you, God. We love you, God. Quit pulling so tight. (laughs) He caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. We praise you, God. We love you, God. You're magnificent. You're wonderful. You're so good. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations, The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. Again, you keep speaking truth about who God is. Keep praising him. Keep saying how great he is. Keep telling him the things you know to be true about him. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. 
Holy and awesome is his name. Holy and awesome is your name, O God. Holy and awesome is your name. Holy and awesome is your name. What we see the psalmist doing right here is modeling this. Oh, I had PowerPoint for you guys. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have a good understanding. His praises endure forever. The beginning of wisdom is not found in keen insight, wide range of experience. It's not found in teaching and education. But it's found in the posture of reverence for God. That's where you'll find it. When you understand where, what our relationship is to God and his majesty, all these things that are vying for attention in your life, all these things that are vying to lead in your life, they move away. They become less distant. They might still be there. But boy, they don't have the power. Because look what you're walking with. Look at what you're walking with. In the garden, we, we thought we knew what was best. But this is wisdom. Wisdom is listening and allowing God to direct us. Wisdom is the guide. It's easy to walk with. It's like a compass. It brings clarity. And we see the psalmist posturing, modeling that for us. When I was looking at Psalm 111, this is what I see. And you know, Scripture's exhaustive. There's a lot in there. But I think this is what the Lord wanted us to see. Praise me. Worship me. Honor me. Draw near to me. And you will walk with wisdom. So tether yourself to God. Keep drawing him close. And then when we meet Jesus in the end, when we get to say, you know what, this life is done. And I'm here and I'm with you, Lord. And he says, well done. Well done. I want to hear him say, you drew near to me and you walked with me. And Psalm 111 is a model for us and one way to do that. Thank you, you guys. You can just drop the ropes. So to me, what I think the Lord wanted us to see in Psalm 111 is drawing near to God. No, you don't have to keep your fear. No. Is drawing near to wisdom. And when we align ourselves in the way that we can be with him, hear him, and let him be our lead, I think that's the beginning of walking with wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you over and over in the scriptures you give us models that we can look at, that we can learn from, that we can incorporate into our own lives to be more like you to walk with you in a way that glorifies you, honors you. Lord Solomon was the most wise man. 
And he asked for it. He asked for wisdom. James tells us, if you want wisdom, ask for it. So Lord, we honor you, we praise you. We acknowledge your majesty. And we ask, would you give us more wisdom? Would you give us more wisdom so that we look more like you to each other and to the world? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I pray over the offering. Lord, I want to see more stories like Mark Spencer's. So we pray, would you bring a miracle? Lord, we're asking, would you show us the way? Would you teach us to walk in wisdom in, in our finances? What do you want us to know, Lord? And then I pray that we would be so close to you that we would be obedient and follow you in everything you have for us. That we would be good stewards of what you've given, because you've given so much. Great are your works, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. Amen.
Chase me down, you seek me. 